Well, it is definitely a blessing to be with you this evening once again. Hang on one second. BJ. Okay. Am I, can you hear me now? Seemed to be working good earlier. Are we, can you hear me now? I think it's a lot better. All right. Well, I will do my best to speak up too. Not always my strong suit, but we'll see what we can do. Um, it's great to be with you again this evening. Um, last month I wasn't able to be here because I was at a family reunion. But it's good to be back, and uh, we're going to open the Word of God in just a moment. But first, let's open in a word of prayer and commit this brief time to God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are the maker of heaven and earth, and that you hear the praises of your people. We, we thank you for the opportunity to use our voices to praise you and to give thanks for all you've done for us. And we pray that as we open your word that we would uh, be changed people as a result of hearing it and that we would be better off. And we pray that you would just bless this time and bless each person in attendance, not because of who we are, but because of the mighty God whom we serve, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, well, if you have your Bibles with you today, I would appreciate it if you would turn to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 31. It's a very short verse, but I think there's a huge principle here in this small verse, Proverbs 16, 31. Um, And it says this in the New King James Version. It says, The silver-haired head is a crown of glory when, if it is found in the way of righteousness. And the reason I thought of this verse is I know that at least as far as society is concerned, when, when people get to be elderly... When they get to the stage where they're in old folks' homes, that's the problem with them. They're old. They don't really have a whole lot to offer. And as a result of that, the emphasis in our society is, I want to be as young as possible for as long as possible. So we do any number of things to convince at least others and probably also to convince ourselves that we are indeed young. Some of the things we do is um, do an intense physical fitness regimen, and that's not necessarily bad. Again, some of these things aren't necessarily bad, but the motives for why we do them um, might not be the greatest. Another thing that has become increasingly common is that people dye their hair as they get older. Again, something that is not necessarily bad, but perhaps what it represents is not so good. Because when I want to look for wisdom, and I want to look for direction in my life, the Bible tells me here that if there's a godly person 
who is gray-haired, they have much to offer me because they have experience to teach me. Now, does that mean they literally have to have gray hair to have the experience? No. But one way that I can uh, distinguish someone of great age and great experience is through their gray hair. So the one thing that I would say to you today is that there's no shame in gray hair. And the fact of the matter is that we all are aging and that ultimately there's nothing we can do to stop our aging. So I think what God would have us to do is to rejoice in each life stage. And even here at Rust Haven, even though some of you may not get out very much and you may um, pretty much be uh, tied to the premises, there are still people that come in, whether they be people that you know or people that come into work here or whatever the case may be, still people that you can influence for God. And as you get older, I already sense this and I'm still quite young, but as you get older you realize that time goes faster. I was telling my brothers not too long ago that just yesterday it was January 1st and now here we are in September. Um, because that's the nature of time. It doesn't slow down and it goes faster and faster as time moves on. You know, when I was five years old, I thought 30 was old. And now I'm looking back at 30 and saying, I'm not that old. So just the perspective that time gives you is an important thing not to be ashamed of, but to be excited about because you have... Uh, the experience that you can pass on to others so that when you pass on your legacy of godliness will continue. Paul said it this way in one of his epistles to Timothy. He said, Timothy, commit these things which I tell you to faithful men so that they may be able to teach others also. And so that's a challenge that I want to leave with you tonight. Is there one faithful man or woman that is in your life, whether it's somebody who works here or somebody in your family, that you can concentrate deliberately on challenging with the truth so that when you are done with your sojourn here on earth, your legacy, if the Lord tarries, will continue? Now, I'm looking forward to the rapture. I'm, I'm looking forward to Jesus coming back. And my preference would be that I wouldn't have to die before he comes back. I want him to come back in my lifetime. But if he doesn't, if he chooses to tarry, because he's patient, he's patient to us, it says in one of Peter's epistles, because he's not willing that any should come to perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he has a patience far beyond anything that I will ever have. And he chooses, despite the decadence of the world, to continue to tarry because if even one more person makes the decision for Christ, it's worth it. Because there's coming a day when 
the day of God's grace will be at an end, and those who have made their decision will go to eternal life, and those who have not made a decision for Christ will go to eternal death and separation in hell, which is very real, and where Jesus says the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And we're not talking about word pictures here. We are talking about literal flame. As a matter of fact, you, if you read in, in The Rich Man and Lazarus, you find that Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom, which was a precursor to heaven because Jesus hadn't opened the gates of heaven yet. And, Laz and the rich man went to hell, and he said, God, send, a send Abraham and have him dip his finger in cool water and put it on my tongue so that I can have some measure of relief. And I, I, I believe that this is a very true story because it's one of the interesting stories where Jesus doesn't say a certain man, he gives the man a name and he's talking about Lazarus. So we're talking about a very real place and heaven is a very real place. There's very real promises for the believer and very real consequences for the unbeliever. And as an, as an older adult, you have a lot to impart to the younger people in your life. And myself, I have been increasingly convicted that I need two kinds of people in my life. I need those to whom I can be a Timothy so that I can learn from their experience and I need those to whom I can be a Paul so that they can learn from my experience. And I found that if I try to stay in that middle ground where I'm teaching younger and learning from older, I keep myself from a lot of trouble. Solomon said, after a lot of trial and a lot of error, he said these words. He said, he who walks with wise men will be wise but a companion of fools will be destroyed. And you here at Rust Haven have the opportunity to be some of those wise men and wise women who people will look to as an example and will, will go on for God because of what you have done. My legacy, the reason that I am here, is because I had grandparents that loved the Lord and because I have parents that love the Lord. I'm here because of their faithfulness. So I want you to know that just as I am here because my ancestors were faithful in teaching me the gospel, other people, maybe even that you do not know yet, can be here because of your faithful leaving of the legacy that God has for you. And I just, I want to thank you, those of you who have been a godly influence on my life, for continuing to do that. And I want to pray that for those of you who don't feel like you have much of an influence, that God would give you that. That you would start to pray uh, deliberately for those type of opportunities. You know, sometimes we don't get opportunities because we don't ask for them. And when we do ask for them, we're only looking for the big ones. I know this is something that I need to work on myself. I'm only looking for the big ones, so I miss 
the small ones. I miss the opportunity to breathe life into someone's day simply by sending them a text message because I think about what it would be like to be in an arena full of 5,000 or 10,000 people. I need to realize that even if I never make it to the arena of 10,000 people, I'm still going to make an impact if I'm doing what God has asked me to do, however small it looks in the world's eyes. And I, I'm saying this to myself as much as I am to you. However small your influence looks, if you're doing what God has told you to do, then you can be satisfied and content that when he comes back, he will say thank you to you. Um, and so I'm going to close with uh, a prayer. And then uh, I thank you for your attention. And I just hope that you will continue to keep this uh, truth in your heart. That you'll remember this brief proverb that says, uh, that the gray hair is a crown of glory to those whose way is righteous. And so I just, I, I pray that for you above all else, that you will remember that the years that you have learned, the experiences you have gained are benefits and pearls of wisdom that you can share with others. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth uh, that you give us. We thank you that sometimes it's very simple to grasp onto, but we also know that there's a difference between, um, between reading it and living it. And we pray that we would live it. Um, we pray that we would always find people who we can help to lead to greater, um, a greater walk with you and, and find people that can help us to continue to grow in our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.